This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.49 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. We have the opening bell in 15 minutes. We'll also check out the corporate results of stocks like Maxis, Axiata and more. But in the meantime, let's talk about workforce resilience. In the wake of rapid technological breakthroughs like artificial intelligence and automation, there's an imminent need to build a competitive workforce and bridge the skills gap. Taking cue of these trends, Singapore's Budget 2024, which was recently unveiled, saw a renewed focus on skills, training and income support. Some of the initiatives focusing on Singaporeans age 40 and above include a $4,000 credit top-up in selected training programs, subsidies and monthly training allowances when enrolled in full-time courses. Speaking of skill training, it was announced yesterday that the Malaysian Human Resource Development Corp had achieved a new record high-levy collection last year at 2.2 billion ringgit, whilst also dispersing over 728 million ringgit of training funds. So so how can Malaysia improve in driving its talent development and what can we emulate from others? For insights into this, we speak to Anthony Rajadevadas, Country Managing Director at Corn Ferry Malaysia. Anthony, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. So in the recently unveiled Singapore budget, we saw a focus on upskilling mid-career employees, investment in AI, as well as reducing disparities in wages. What signal does this prioritization convey regarding the impending economic challenges and opportunities facing the workforce? Thank you, BFM team, and once again, uh, inviting Conferi for a comment. Um, firstly, I think uh, <clears throat> I will address this in, in the form of four Bs. I call it the build, buy, borrow, and bought. Uh, so basically, we are talking about uh, building, uh, developing talent, or hiring talent, or interim talent, or automating talent, right? So if you look at economies or as a country, um, our role to develop uh, talent focuses on a couple of things. And I think it's important for us to understand at which stage the organizations are. If you're a startup or a mid-sized company or a large organization, you will have to align back to the, those priorities. An example to what you have shared is a good initiative of looking at a national level development to ensure that you are prepared for the changes that's coming in. And not all of it is sitting within technical talent alone. Like, for example, in Singapore, there's a, there's a drive to develop the AI talent base na nationally from an age group of 40, which means particularly focusing on those who may be displaced or who are displaced currently in their career uh, pathways. So what is key for us to understand is from a Malaysia perspective, where does the workforce sit right now, at which stage, and what type of skills that they need, in addition to skills what type of competencies do they need that needs to complement together and drive the four Bs for different organizations? So that's the foundation or fundamental, I would say. And how organizations look at skills needs to look at over, the overall perspective, the holistic person, and as well as the needs of the business, which means demand and supply uh, alliance must be formed as well. Anthony, how should the Malaysian government look to emulate what was rolled out in the in, in Singapore, especially in, in workers' upskilling? All right. So if you're looking at uh, upskilling, uh, it's not new. Upskilling and reskilling has been there. If you notice pre-pandemic, -pan, pre pandemic, post-pandemic, different stages of needs that needs to be uh, focusing on how are we looking at developing talent. Now, if you look at Singapore's example, they are limited population, 
they have migrant workforce. And compare it to Malaysia, we are talking about a, a very young workforce. More than 50% of the workforce are in the mid-career, early career stages. So it's vital for us to focus on what is key for the demand, the industry's demand. And I need to relate it back. Like, for example, I'm on the National Tech Association board, which is BCOM. When you look at industry perspective, uh, you would notice that there is annually we are looking at hiring 20 to 25,000 people, right? That's just, just one industry. So we are talking about digital tech, digital services or GBS. This is just one example. Now, if you look at advancing manufacturing, you're talking about these are where semiconductor, E&E and so on, where we see Malaysian talent needs are going up. Investments are also coming on that. So focused, I would say focus on where the disruptions are taking place. Focus on where we are looking at the demand coming from in terms of future ready skills. Also looking at the same time um, income in, in inequalities that's happening, which means employment, underemployment is also there. And ultimately, we are looking at where the nation should be, right? from a Malaysia perspective, uh, advancing Malaysia as a vision for digital economy. Not just knowledge economy in the past, but we are looking at digital economy, which means talent that needs to be vibrant in their domains, plus enabled digitally. So okay. we have to combine these two. Thank you. But I'm wondering, Anthony, on a very practical yeah. level, do we have these measures in place to achieve these goals? Okay, the responsibility on how we are looking at hmm. these measures lie within organizations, lie within the individual, and lie with the government. So it's a combination. Hmm. So we can't say one is responsible and one is not. So if you look at from a government initiatives, I think the, you, with reference to what you've shared recently, HRD Corp is the national uh, initiative for talent development uh, and looking at upskilling and reskilling. Hmm. The, the very reason or the point at which so much of levy has been collected means the belief system in, from the employers are very high. However, you also indicated how much has been used, right? Yes. Which means that is the key point we need to take note. How many employers are fully utilizing what is available to them? Not many countries have this. So Malaysia is blessed to have this. So encouraging employers to identify career progression and career development rooted activities are going to be key for them to utilize all of this practical number one. Huh? Mm. Number two, we have to develop organization-wide as well as individuals need to be aware that they need to continue to develop themselves um, for lifelong learning, a learning culture, a learning mindset, learning agility. These are going to be key for individuals to adopt. So first is government, second is individual, sorry, first is uh, uh, the, the organization, Second is the individual. From a government side, I think there's enough opportunities that's been granted already. But practically, how aware of you are, are individuals and organizations to use this? Case uh, in point. Case in point, 2.2 billion collected, only 700 used million, right? So just I'm just giving you the reference point on how practically it's available and how many of them are using that with thorough awareness of where the organizations are heading. So, so, Anthony, even with the opportunity, does the challenge then lie in creating 
opportunities uh, for workers to apply their new skills meaningfully at their workplace uh, for better career growth and wages. So how can employers create that demand or supply of workers keen to upskill? Okay, I call it the talent supply chain. Uh, And the reason why I'm saying that it's like a supply chain is because if you are looking at industries that is on a high growth mode, the examples which I gave digital tech and digital services, uh, advanced manufacturing uh, or semicon, these just two examples. And of course, there are others, many, many others. What is key, I think, is to make sure that individuals are aware of where the potential opportunities are. So academia also plays an important role. And in academia, there are a few parts. One is from a, uh, the, the full tertiary education perspective, but there's also the TVEC portion, which is a faster track, and certifications. So individuals who need to shift, pivot their careers, this is a great time right now to choose a fast track program that will help them enable and make the shift happen while the changes of the industries are taking place, right? Displacements will be there. It's part of an annual exercise for every company uh, as part of the changes they go through as a part of the economic issues they go through. But however, coming back to individuals, I think it's important for them to know that change is eminent and you need to be prepared for that for which you need to look at all the opportunities available right now and develop those skills to match those needs that's coming up. Anthony, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Anthony Raja Devadas, Country Managing Director at Corn Ferry Malaysia, talking to us about the trends uh, that we need to keep an eye on when it comes to upskilling the workforce and, and why it's so necessary in the face of uh, the transformative changes, changes in the economic landscape. Yeah, so the point about HRD, actually, is, it is covered under an act known as PSMB, Pembangunan Sumber Manusia Berhad. And the objectives of it was really to create a better skilled human workforce. But the point is, okay, lots of money has been collected, 2.2. And as Anthony points out, why was only $728 million dispersed? Is it because employers don't know about it? Or is it because the causes that are provided or the training tools provided are not what I want as mm. an employee? Mm. Do they meet the current needs of what's out there in the workforce to upskill? Should there be a shift in the types of causes that people, that they are currently offering? I mean, those are questions I have because, great, we all need to upskill, but is it right for me? I think it's it's good that they you know it's it's a good time to, to to start taking stock of what what is happening. I mean, like he like like Anthony was saying, uh, it's got to be a company's first, and then an individual outlook. And the government is overseeing the whole thing. All right, it's eight fifty nine in the morning. We're coming up to the nine a.m. news bulletin, uh, and after that, we have the opening bell as well as market insights with uh, market insights. Stay tuned, VFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.